You're listening to Guys on the Sideline Podcast, where you'll hear opinions, predictions, and sports takes in every direction. If you're a diehard sports fan, this is the place to be. They've never played. They have no experience, but they have plenty to say. And now, here are the guys on the sideline. Hey everybody, welcome on in to Guys on the Sideline, the podcast. This is episode 66, and we are glad that you found us today. Welcome on in. Today, we got a solo pod, so you know what that means. We got Vegas Lando on the other side of the glass. What's up, Lando? Yeah, you ready to get started? Should we do this? Yeah, totally agree. Lando says it's good to have the NFL back. They're throwing the pigskin around out there and totally agree. It is such a beautiful thing to have football back. It's fall. You got the cooler weather setting in. The leaves are starting to change. Football's happening again, so it's all good. I wasn't sure if we'd actually get here, but we made it. And, uh, you know, whether there's people in the stands or not, we're glad to have football back. So my name is Jeff Burton, your host of Guys on the Sideline, the podcast, and we're glad that you found us. We want to give a special welcome to anybody new joining the podcast here today, especially those from the Total Sports Experience show. Had the opportunity to be on with Ray Baker today, and it was awesome. Ray is a great host, a good friend. You can find him on Apple and Spotify, all those good places. Again, the Total Sports Experience show. We should be on episode 20, so I think that will air sometime this weekend. And just so you're aware, we're going to have Ray on our show as well. He's in the Los Angeles area, uh, former hockey player, professional broadcaster, all-around good guy, and so uh, that'll be a lot of fun. But today on the podcast, Lando, if it's okay, we're going to talk football, football, football. So you ready to get started? All right, let's do this. All right, as I mentioned, it's so good to have football. It's good to have some sports to watch, to react, to talk about, all of that good stuff. Fantasy football's going on. Lando, uh, I think you and I have got a big matchup this weekend. Who's, who's going to win this one? <laughs> oh, okay, Lando's pretty confident. Now, I go to Lando for, my, for, for two things, really. For my sports betting tips, if I ever need some insights, or... Lando always gets me set up for fantasy football, so uh, he didn't disappoint this year. Uh, I made uh, a couple of great finds. Calvin Ridley, who's been lights out. Jonathan uh, Taylor, the the Colts running back, is now leading that team. Anyway, I got I got two or three teams. I, I'm six and zero. You you doing okay too? Yeah, you're you're a little bit behind six and zero, but six and zero. So that would be two weeks. Uh, of three leagues if you're keeping track at home. But enough fantasy football. We'll talk about that next time when we have uh, Chris or Tyler on the podcast. Uh, but today we're talking football, 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 football. So Lando wanted me to touch on the stadiums thus far in the NFL and the fans versus no fans. I don't know if you've noticed this either, if you've been watching the NFL. Many very beautiful stadiums uh, out there. Uh, SoFi, for example, out in Los Angeles sits completely empty. They invested, I, I think their price tag was $2 billion when it started. I think the project ended up with being $5 billion 
and there was not a soul there to watch the first game of the season. You've got the the Death Star down in the, in Las Vegas, which is another very impressive stadium, but nobody there. And and honestly, it it it's kind of weird to me that only a few stadiums are open while the majority are closed. So I'm I'm kind of curious, like what what makes it possible for a stadium to open? I think there's local politics involved in in terms of you know, what the local CDC guidelines are. Um, You know, you look at like the state of California, for example, or Washington, they're very, very tight. They've got a lot of restrictions still with with COVID-19. And so there's nobody in those stadiums. But the game a couple nights ago down in Jacksonville, they allowed 25% capacity uh, into the stadium, which let's be honest, that's more than usually show up for a Jaguar game. So I guess it's a step in the right direction, right? Right, Lando? I tell you, I've always scratched my head at that. I still don't understand why there's an NFL team in Jacksonville. You got three teams in the state of Florida, and I get Florida. It's a great football state. Miami Dolphins makes a ton of sense. Even Tampa, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers make sense. But I've just never understood uh, Jacksonville. I mean, you look at them this week. They made that bearded one, old Ryan Fitzpatrick, look like Kurt Warner out there. I mean, that was an impressive, impressive showing by by Fitzpatrick. He had a, a nice beard going on, and he, and he really cut up that Jacksonville defense. And, and then you got, you know, you got teams like um, Kansas City. Uh, they they allowed a few thousand fans in. That makes sense. Denver, your team, Lando, the the Broncos. They're allowing some people in. Now, Now, get this. The Atlanta Falcons are not allowing fans in this week. And it's not because of COVID-19, but more out of respect for their fan base. Are you kidding me, Atlanta? Are you kidding me, Dan Quinn? I thought blowing a huge lead like that was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity back in that wild Super Bowl against the Patriots. But... To do it again and give Mike McCarthy his first win in the Big D, that was just plain atrocious. I honestly can't believe it. Now, I didn't hate it just because I had Calvin Ridley, and then I've also got Amari Cooper, Dak Prescott's my QB, so you know certainly I wanted a shootout. And oh, and Landon took the over on that game and came out uh, quite nicely. So, well done, Lando. Well done. Um, but what a wild, wild game that was. Um, so anyway, Falcons are not allowing fans just because they don't they don't want to uh, they don't want to break people's hearts. So uh, they're gonna they're gonna keep fans away. Now, um, speaking of Dallas, did you think it was funny that the rest of the nation is really concerned about crowds, social distancing, etc.? Most of the teams allowing fans in are these outdoor open air stadiums. Uh, but then we go down to Big D, right? And and, and you've heard on a previous podcast, uh, I was uh, down in Dallas in February and had the opportunity to tour AT&T Stadium. What a beautiful stadium. Very, very impressive. The house that Jerry built. But I tell you, under COVID conditions, Jerry Jones is saying like, COVID? No, 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 no. You don't understand. I own the Dallas Cowboys. That's America's team. We can't not let fans in. And I swear, you looked around that stadium, and it it seemed to be quite a packed house. I know it wasn't at capacity, but it seemed like they allowed a lot more fans than some of these other teams are allowing in. So quite classic to see Dallas just be Dallas, right? There, There's different rules in Texas. Dallas Cowboys may kind of do whatever they want. 
classic Jerry Jones. And then we, we got to talk for a minute about my Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals take over! Wow! This weekend, they're allowing 750 fans to come see him take on the Lions, which to me is really, really tough because only 750 people to, to see that beautiful product that Cliff Kingsbury has cooked up down there in the desert. He's doing an excellent job. Uh, you got Kyler Murray just lighting it up out there, tossing the ball to DeAndre Hopkins. You got my boy Larry Fitzgerald still playing like he's Larry Fitzgerald of old. Anyway, I guess the 750 is just for family, so they're allowing family in, which, which is really cool. But it's going to be kind of kind of interesting to, to see the cards out there at Pat Tillman Stadium, as I refer to it as, or what would they rename it? it? It's not University of Phoenix anymore. It's, uh, yeah, State Farm. Cardinals are looking sharp, though, 2-0. and and, and I tell you, when you get the Lions on the schedule, you might as well just circle the W because the Lions, yet again, have a lot of weapons and just can't seem to get it done. So other big surprises of the season, um, you got to like uh, what Chris Mumford's team's doing, the, o the uh, Oakland Raiders. The Las Vegas Raiders, you know, off to a 2-0 start, looking pretty good. And then, you know, it's really good to see the Buffalo Bills uh, out to a 2-0 lead in their division. The best team in the state of New York. Uh, that makes me very, very happy. Uh, Baltimore and Pittsburgh both looking good early on, which isn't a surprise in that division. Um, Joe Burrow, our buddy, our favorite JB, is looking sharp, looking better, uh, looking really, really good. But the Bengals are off to an 0-2 start. You got the Chiefs and the Raiders, as I mentioned, off to 2-0 start. Packers and the Bears 2-0. The Lions and the Vikings 0-2 in that division. And then I tell you, I think the toughest division in football is my NFC West. You got Arizona on top because of alphabetical order. They're 2-0. The LA Rams are 2-0, as are the Seattle Seahawks. And then the worst team in that division, the NFC champions from a year ago, the San Francisco 49ers, they've had a ton of injuries. You know, San Francisco's still a very, very good team. So they come in at one and one. So it, it uh, again, it is just fun to have football back. You know, we, we got uh, some, some college football to talk about too. Nothing to react to as of yet, but the Pac-12, uh, I think it was earlier in the week, announced they're going to bring in a shortened season uh, starting in November. And right after that, the Mountain West said, well, if, if they're doing it, why can't we jump in? And so you've got uh, the Mountain West. Utah State Aggies will be in action, which will be great to see uh, the year following Jordan Love. We can see what old uh, Gary Anderson could dial up there in Cache Valley. And uh, so we'll get into college football. We'll save that for an episode when we can get Chris on talking about his Utes. Um, but uh, Lando, let's open up the old mailbag. Okay, so first letter, pull this out here. The first question comes from Derek in Draper, Utah. What's up, Derek? Thanks for the question. Derek asks, what do you make of the hefty fines the NFL is handing out for coaches who don't properly wear their masks? Uh, really good question. This is kind of interesting. I think there were four coaches that were fine for not properly wearing their masks uh, over the weekend. And two of them played on this this past Monday night, which to me is kind of funny. So the two coaches who got, I think there were $100,000 fines, insane, were Sean Payton from the Saints and John Gruden uh, from, the, from the Raiders. And uh, I, I got to say, I, I find this a little bit 
crazy. And I, I mean, don't you think the league should be focusing more on getting these two to wear their visors properly first? Like, let's work on the visors first, and then we can get into the masks. A actually, um, you know, Sean Payton always wears a visor, typically wears a visor, and uh, John Gruden was wearing a hat. Ha have we seen that before, Lando? I mean, I'm I'm sure he's worn a hat before, but I he's typically a visor guy, so it was kind of weird to see Las Vegas Raiders on his hat. I don't know. We'll have to uh, let's fact check that with Chris next time he's on. We're we're gonna have to break down John Gruden wearing hats. But uh, in in all seriousness, I, I gotta say this: if I'm Sean Payton and the Saints, I, I think I'm like NFL. Are you serious? I mean, you got Bill Belichick who is a uh, compulsive cheater, if we can go there, always trying to really do something a little bit uh, a little bit over the line. Um, the NFL always just gives him a slap on the wrist. Then you got Sean Payton, who the league suspended for an entire season. Uh, and now to give him a fine like this, I, I just think Sean Payton's got to go home and just say, All right, what's going on, NFL? Come on, Roger. Come on, buddy. Anyway, great question, Derek. Thank you. I, I, I think that these coaches will figure it out, but but I got to give them a little bit of a pass in the sense of if they're yelling out, I mean they're they're going to remove that mask so they can bark out their orders, uh, so to speak. So I don't know. Doesn't doesn't really concern me. But anyway, let, let's go to our next question. Uh, next question is from Jeremy. All right, Jeremy in Henderson, Nevada. Thanks for the message here, Jeremy. Uh, he wants to know which team do you think is the most popular football team in Los Angeles right now? Great question, and I gotta say that is an easy question to answer. And oddly, they don't have the city Los Angeles in their name. I'd have to say that the most popular team in Los Angeles right now is the Las Vegas Raiders. Are you with me? I mean, clearly there was a huge Raider fan base there from, from their time in Los Angeles. And then, uh, obviously, that's a diehard fan base. They went up to Oakland. They played in the most disastrous Oakland Coliseum, which isn't even good for the baseball team, for for my buddy Eric Sandberg's Oakland A's. But um, anyway, I, I just think, you know, think about this, ladies and gentlemen, just Three or four years ago, there was a serious contest to go to the city of Los Angeles. You had teams lining up. You had who? The San Diego Chargers. You had the um, St. Louis Rams. And then you had the Oakland Raiders. And Oakland came in third place on that. And, uh, you know, their, their stadium deal fell through. And so Mark Davis, who knew he was uh, such a steely-eyed businessman, but he uh, he goes out to the desert. He gets a ton of funding from the state, from the city. That's obviously going to be paid for by by the casinos and and those uh, guests of the casinos that are going to build that stadium, pay for that stadium anyway. But they seriously, you've got to tip your your visor or your cap, John Gruden, don't you? You got to tip your cap to what they've built there in Las Vegas. And uh, I, you know, I just think I think Los Angeles is a very very competitive market. You got the Lakers and the Clippers, you got the Dodgers, you got USC football, you got Hollywood, you got, you know, even the LA Kings in hockey, you got all this stuff, the beaches, the beautiful people, all of that. Then you go to Las Vegas, and I mean, I'm impressed with how they supported 
their hockey team, the the Las Vegas Knights. I mean, that city is insane. I've been down there a few times, and I tell you, I love the New York New York Casino. They they dress the Statue of Liberty up in the in the Knights um, jersey, which was which was pretty cool to see back when they were uh, making a Stanley Cup run. And um, so I, I I gotta say, I just think it's a brilliant move to go to Las Vegas. Now, obviously, there's some concerns with gambling, with sports betting, and all of that, but I think they've got a, they've done a decent job uh, to get around that to uh, to lessen the concerns there. And uh, I, I'm not just saying this for my buddy Chris Mumford, but I, I'm saying I think that Las Vegas is is a very smart move for the NFL. And again, I think the most popular team in Los Angeles. So uh, there you have it. We we might have to ask Ray Baker uh, from the Total Sports Experience Show. When he's on here in the next week or two, we'll have to ask him uh, what his take is. Um, Landon, what, one more question. Should we do one more? All right, uh, here we go. This is from Travis from Franklin, Tennessee. What's up, Travis? Thank you for the question here. Uh, love Franklin, Tennessee, just outside of Nashville. Great sports town, great people out there. Great country music, of course. Um, so Travis asks... Jeff, who do you think is the worst Bill Belichick protege? Uh, re- uh, really good question, but uh, you know, t- tough to answer because I think there's been some doozies. There really have. Right now, you've got. I mean, I think you'd have to put. It's a one-two, and I don't know in which order. You got Bill O'Brien or Matt Patricia. Bill O'Brien is. A, I'm a huge fan of his because he's the one that traded. DeAndre Hopkins to my Cardinals for uh, DJ, for David Johnson, and a second-round pick. So uh, I might give him a pass just because of that boneheaded move because it benefited my team. Um, and, and I'll go with Matt Patricia. I just wish he'd take the pencil out from uh, behind his ear. I, I tell you, Lando, I mean, <clears throat> let, let me let this little secret out of the bag. I have applied to be the equipment manager there in New England on Bill Belichick's staff. Why? So that I can ride his coattails and land a gig down the road. I I swear that every GM or every owner, they have these candidates in and they're like, hmm, not sure who we should pick. But but this guy sat in the locker room with Bill Belichick. So so why not? He he must have picked up something. So let's give him a shot. You you got the coach down in Miami. Uh, You got, again, O'Brien in Houston. You got Matt Patricia up in Detroit. And then you've got to look back to Charlie Weiss, uh, Romeo Cremel. He was somewhat disastrous as a head coach. I think a lot of these guys are good coordinators. I just don't think they got it when it comes to uh, being a head coach. Eric Mangini, who is the, the interesting one in that he left. He went to the Jets in division. And he was the one that essentially ratted out Belichick on Spygate. And I, I think the Jets and I think Mangini actually got fined as well because Mangini was the one running the cameras. Uh, anyway, what whatever you want to say about Mangini, but I, I'd have to say Matt Patricia. I think you've got a ton of weapons up there in Detroit. You've got a legit team. Now, granted, it's a tough division that they're playing in, but to not be competitive, you got Matt Stafford as well. A great quarterback, puts up great numbers, and they just they can't get it done. Now, I'm a little bit nervous because, again, the Cardinals play the Lions this weekend. Uh, but hopefully the Cardinals will take care of business because uh, Matt Patricia, I think, is my answer to that question. 
as far as the worst Bill Belichick. Pro- ah, let's flip that. Bill O'Brien. All right. Uh, I think that's going to do it for today. A short episode, but that's okay. I always tell Chris and Tyler, I'm like, could we get a 20, 25-minute one done? But we never can. It's tough. There's lots to talk about. Uh, And next week, we'll get back in the booth with those two gentlemen. We'll talk fantasy football. We'll react to this weekend's uh, NFL matchups. And we'll also talk Pac-12, Mountain West. Uh, We'll talk college football. So uh, it's been uh, great having you on the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Tell a friend. Give us five stars. Uh, That would be greatly appreciated. And uh, come back and see us here again next week. For producer Lando, I'm Jeff saying adios and bye-bye. The opinions and predictions on this podcast are right 98.3% of the time. I just fell